that regardless of kind of where you're at and where you've been the last a couple years, um, you know, one of the most frustrating parts about this entire uh, ordeal that we've been going through the last, uh, since this pandemic started, is just how challenging it's been to get reliable, accurate information. Besides me? A couple of you? Okay. Um, and even as I say that, I know that somebody out there is probably thinking, hey, Rich, there's a, there's a website that you got to go to that's got everything just right. Thanks, but no thanks. Uh, I'll take your word for it. But um, if you're familiar with StrengthsFinder, there's this, this person, personality assessment, well, more of a just personal strengths assessment out there called StrengthsFinder, put out by Gallup. And uh, it's, uh, if you, you fill out this assessment and it pops out your top five strengths. Well, for me, one of my top five is input, which is basically to say that I love gathering information, especially if it's something that I'm interested in or something that's going to really affect me. I'm, I just got to have all the information. I just got to get it figured out. I'm watching YouTube videos. I'm watching, uh, reading books. I'm going to websites, blogs, pretty well every, anything out there that I can get my hands on that will help me get the information. I'm, I'm kind of diving in. So back in March 2020, um, I was consumed with just getting all the facts. And uh, um, being a guy who generally starts off a little skeptical um, with what I hear kind of out there, I noticed pretty quick how difficult it was to get sort of precise, accurate, consistent information. And at first, it, it was hard to know whether or not social distancing made any sense. Um, some of you remember all the, the debate um, that's gone on, and, you know, one study would show that distancing was ineffective, and then you'd read another study, and it would show that it was actually very effective. Um, then there was masks. Um, even top health organizations and professionals um, in, the, in the country have kind of gone back and forth. At first, it was the Surgeon General himself that tweeted, and I quote, stop buying masks. They are not effective. And the next thing you know, it was the... Uh, the health organizations recommending that everybody wear masks because they were effective. And then the latest, of course, has been all the, the different information about vaccines and most of the medical establishment, of course, is saying, hey, you need to get this because it's effective. And, um, and, and but then you, you go and you're scrolling through your Facebook feed or your Instagram feed and you come across a, a doctor or a nurse who's, who, who seems very credentialed. And, and they're sharing stories about how they've been treating one patient after another patient, and they keep hearing the line that it all started when I got the vaccine. Now, I'm not trying to tell you this morning what you should or shouldn't believe. That's not what this is about at all. But, but what I am, the, the point that I'm making is that it, it's been very difficult to figure out what's right and what is wrong. And it's, it's hard to know what is the truth. And I think if, you, if anybody just steps back and, and tries to take an honest assessment of all the information out there, you would probably arrive um, at that same conclusion. Um, about three months into the pandemic, um, I was personally getting so frustrated with just all the different kind of information out there and inconsistent stuff, whatever. I decided I was actually going to go in my—I used Evernote to keep notes. It's this online— um, program. I decided I was going to go in Evernote and I was going to just start keeping tr track of all the studies and data and all that kind of stuff so that I could figure out what was right and what was wrong. Yeah, that didn't last very long. I think I got like three months into it and I just was, it, it was not good for my mental health. So I just kind of backed off a little bit. But, but we're living in a day and an age where the truth is, is difficult to come by. Even getting the basic news is difficult to come by. 
It's, it shocks me how I can go and if there's a, a big story out there, I can go on CNN or MSNBC and it's reported one way and then I flip over to a more conservative site like, like, like a Fox or National Review and be left wondering, are they even reporting on the same thing? And, and both sides just report it so differently. Misinformation reporting has become so common today that we even have a phrase for it, right? Fake news. And, and then on top of how difficult it already is to discover what the truth is of, of something, we have this thing called confirmation bias. You heard of this phrase? Where we tend to look for the, the truth that simply confirms what we already believe. And uh, what's even crazier about this is how social media knows that this exists, and they even use this against us to get us hooked on our social media feeds, which is for a different sermon. Knowing what's true and what isn't true matters. It matters. And the truth matters for a lot of different reasons. Uh, you really can't have a personal relationship. Um, it's impossible to build a strong relationship with somebody who's constantly lying to you. Truth is, is important. Truth matters for science. You know, we would be in this room today uh, still using, having to light up some candles before the service if we didn't have the truth around electrons and electromagnetic magnetic fields and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of reasons why knowing the truth matters, but one of the biggest reasons is this. Knowing the truth makes it possible for you and I to distinguish between the right way to live and the wrong way to live. You have to have the truth if you're going to know the right way to live versus the wrong way to live, which probably raises the question, well, Rich, what makes one way the right way to live and the other way the wrong way to live? Well, I think we could all agree that what makes living right living is, is that it's good. It's living in a life in a way that leads to joy, living life in a way that leads to peace, living life in a way that leads to hope. It leads to purpose. It leads to sacrificial love. It leads to kindness. It leads to justice. It leads to mercy. And, and for the, the follower of Jesus, it leads to a life that is shining the spotlight on Jesus. That's right living. Wrong living, on the other hand, leads to evil. On a large scale, it leads to wars. It leads to innocent people losing their lives. It ends it leads to bombs going off at airports and dads and moms having to welcome their sons and daughters home in caskets. It leads to injustice. It leads to human trafficking. It leads to racism. Wrong living le le leads to that kind of evil on a large scale. And wrong living also leads to evil on a personal level in the sense of inner turmoil, fear, selfishness, greed, anxiety, hopelessness, all those kinds of things. It's important that you and I figure out what leads to right living and what leads to wrong living. And here's where truth comes in. You cannot know what leads to right living unless you know what's true. You just can't know. Because truth determines what's right. Truth leads to justice. Truth leads to peace. Truth leads to joy. Truth leads to sacrificial love. Truth, as Jesus put it, is what's going to set you free. Truth leads to what's best. Um, we see this on a lot of different levels. Um, you know, I can stand here this morning and, and tell you that I believe that 
that wall at the back of the room isn't real. Uh, I can say I don't believe it exists. I can even call this my personal truth. This is my truth. And, and furthermore, you could come alongside of me and say, uh, Rich, that's, that's so beautiful that you have your, your truth about that wall not existing back there. And I'm so proud of you for believing that. But if I believe that there's no wall there and decide that at the end of this service today that I'm going to leave here by running that direction as fast as I can, I'm going to have an encounter with truth. And, and you know what's going to happen. I'm going to break my nose. I'm going to break my arm. I'm going to break a leg or something. And furthermore, I'm going to lose my job because you're all going to say Rich has gone crazy or something. The truth is that there is a wall there, and, and knowing that truth makes it possible for me to know the right way to live. Helps me to know the best way to leave here today is not running in that direction, but it's to walk out one of the doors here. I'm a, a, a teacher deciding whether or not to give a student an extension on a project. Some of you students are going to be in the, this, this boat this year. Some of you teachers are going to be in the same boat. You have a student that's asking for an extension on a project. You need to know the truth of what's happening here before you can make the right decision. Is it true when they tell you that their pet iguana ate the, the homework that was accidentally left in the terrarium? Or is the truth that they were, they were just deciding to be lazy and watch and play video games all weekend? A right decision that consequently will, will hopefully lead to the student's progress and growth, a right decision depends on what? It depends on the truth. You have to have the truth. It's the same when it comes to a judge in a court of law. They need to have the truth if they're going to render the verdict the correct way. Truth matters. And without it, you will be unable to live life to the fullest. You will be unable to live life as a good God intended life to be lived. And, and, uh, the question that Pilate asked of Jesus 2,000 years ago is Jesus is standing trial before Pilate. Pilate looks at Jesus straight in the face and says, what is truth? And that's a question that matters just as much today as it did 2,000 years ago. What is truth? And furthermore, how can we discover it and how can we live by it? All that to set up where we're going to be at this morning. We're in a series called Psalms, uh, Soundtracks of Life. And this morning we're going to be in the longest psalm in the entire book, a book of 150 verses or chapters. We're going to be in the longest one. That's Psalm 119. It has 176 verses. Uh, rest, you can rest easy. We are not going to read the whole thing through this morning. Um, but based off of some of the words in this psalm, just to kind of help you understand a little bit about this psalm, uh, it was most likely written by a young person. How young, we don't know, but possibly an older teenager, a young adult, could have written this psalm. Uh, we also know that uh, from some of the things written in this psalm, that it was written by somebody who was going through some very difficult stuff in life. Um, last week, we read a psalm that was written by uh, a person that was in exile in a foreign country, and a lot of scholars believe that this Psalm 119 was also written by somebody that was in exile um, in, in Babylon. And uh, they weren't in a, in a very good place as far as circumstances go, which is important for us to know because as we're going to see, um, it's not the quality of your circumstances that determines what's truth. No, truth is actually determined by something much bigger and something much more eternal than, than our circumstances. And near the very end of this psalm, 
we find some very important words for us today as we consider what is truth. Psalm 119, verse 160 says this, The sum of your word is truth. The sum of your word is truth. In other words, if God says it, it's true. If it's God's way, it's the right way. If it's not God's way, it's the wrong way. And it's, it's really very straightforward, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, the sum of your word is truth. If you want to know what's true, this is where to find it, right here in, in this book. And truth, which leads to right living, is, is found here. Psalm 119 is really a celebration of, of truth. It's the author expressing great, great joy over and over and over again about how we can know what the truth is. We don't have to flounder around in the dark. We can know what the truth is because we have it right here. And it all begins like this in Psalm 119, verse 1. It says, Joyful are people of integrity who follow the instructions of the Lord. Joyful, some other translations of the Bible have the word blessed in there. Joyful are those who obey His laws and search for Him with all their hearts. They do not compromise with evil, and they walk only in His path. You have charged us to keep your commandments carefully. Oh, that my actions would consistently reflect your decrees. Then I will not be ashamed when I compare my life with your commands. As I learn your righteous regulations, I will thank you by living as I should. Throughout this psalm, there are probably about 10 or so different words, depending on what translation of the Bible you're reading. There's about 10 or so different words so that, that, that are used to describe God's revealed truth. As it's revealed in the scriptures There's words like laws, statute, statutes, commandments, decrees um, But one of the most common words is, a word, is the word way or ways God's truth is called his, his way or the, the way um, It's a metaphor used to describe the, the pattern of living Marked out by God's word You, you could say this, this is the way or the, the ways of God They're, they're right here um, Jesus talked about how um, the, the, the road that leads to destruction is wide, but the road or the way that leads to life is it's narrow. And one of the truths that's celebrated over and over again in, in Psalm 119 is how living by God's truth, living, living by His Word, it leads to joy, it leads to blessing, a blessing that comes when you stay on the course and you just walk steadily in His way as opposed to going, okay, I'm tired of His way or this doesn't seem to be working for me, and so I'm going to try my way or the world's way. Psalm 119 is like, no, you live by God's way. That, there's blessing that comes with that. And a few things happened that really brought the writer of Psalm 119 to this place of finding great joy and blessing in following God's way. One of the things that happened is they looked at their way of living and decided that God's way was better. Listen to what they wrote. They said, I, I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. You know, a lot of you in this room were here at one time where you, were, you looked around at the tattered, broken pieces of your life. You looked around at just your, how the, your life was hopeless. Um, you looked at the pain and sorrow, and you considered your ways. You looked around, you're like, this is not working. And you turned to God in His ways. In another place, the writer of Psalm 119 says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. You are good, and what you do is good. Teach me your decrees. decrees. They were astray, it wasn't working, and so they turned to God, and they realized 
He is good, and His way is good. And I'm sure there's probably some of you in the room today that are going, you, you haven't yet put your, your full faith and trust in Jesus and are following Him as your Lord and Savior, but you're in this place. Maybe you're watching online, and you're going, I'm trying to figure out what, what is the way, because my way, as I look around at my life, it does not seem to be working very well. And like the psalmist, you're, you're considering your ways. And we see the psalmist in this place where uh, they've been considering their way and they, they turn to God. But, but it, it doesn't always work quite like this, does it, when it comes to God's way? Um, sometimes we hesitate to follow God's way. One reason we hesitate is maybe we see pain in the world and we see suffering in the world and we're, we're watching everything that's going on around our, our world and we go, okay, is, is God's way, is God really good? And we, we question Another reason that, that we hesitate sometimes to follow God's way is because when we look at the, the world's way, we're, we're tempted to think that the world's way is better than God's way somehow. You know, for that person that, that maybe they've got that, they just got that nice big fat paycheck, and you're looking at your paycheck, and you're thinking about all the things that you can buy with that. You can get some new shoes, you can go on a nice vacation, you can eat out all week and never have cooked dinner. It seems like a really good thing. But then you look at God's way, and God says, hey, my way is generosity. My way is not just to take, but to give. You have these two ways in front of you, and you go, I don't really know if this way is the best way. You know, the person that maybe is, is, is tempted or struggling with porn, you know, you have those two, there, there's the one way here that it looks exciting, and there's a thrill there, and God's saying, no, purity is my way, and you hold those up together, and sometimes you're going, I don't, I don't really know. You, you question, and you hesitate whether or not God's way is the best way. But we see with this writer here, they looked at their way of living, and they decided that God's way was better. Another thing that happened to turn this writer to God's way was um, they realized that since God created them, that He would know what's best for them. Verse 73 says, Your hands made me and formed me. Give me understanding to learn your commands. It's like looking around going, Okay, God, if you made me, Surely you must know the way, the truth, the best way for me to live. If, you, if, you, uh, if, if your Ford breaks down, the best place to get it repaired is at a Ford mechanic. Or maybe since Fords don't break down, we should say the best place to get your Chevy or Dodge repaired is at a Chevy or Dodge mechanic. <laughs> it simply stands to reason, though, that the place— some of you want this mic so bad right now— it simply stands to reason that the place that you take your vehicle to get it repaired is the place that made it, right? Um, it's probably pretty safe to say that the most, most of you listening believe that there's a God out there. Um, you believe that there's somebody, someone out, out there. Maybe you don't firmly believe, but maybe you're curious. Um, otherwise, you probably wouldn't be listening today. So if there's a God, though, out there who made you and knows you, wouldn't it make the most sense that he also knows what's best for you? That his way of living is the right way of living. If, if God were evil, now this probably wouldn't hold true. You, you, you could question it. But when you look at God and who he is, and you, you know that he's good, that he's loved, that he's for us, he's not against us, that he forever demonstrated his love for us by giving his life on a cross, you go, okay, we can trust him. And because he, he's, he made us and he's good, then that would only stand the reason that his, his way is, is the best way. You see, in his revealed word this this is his revealed word right here in both scripture and in the person of jesus god has he's revealed to us the right way to live and like a good doctor 
prescribing the right medication to make you healthy or a, a good financial advisor who's setting you up to retire or live the life that you want to live. God who knows everything and who made you, he reveals the right way to live. He doesn't hide it from us. He doesn't hide it. And th then the only question for us is not only how, how, are, how do we discover truth, but also how do we live according to truth? How do I live my life smack dab in the middle of God's way and not some other way? How do I do this? Because it's not enough to know, just know God's way. You, you also need to want to follow God's way. Did you catch that? It's not enough just to know God's way. You also have to want to live your life according to God's way. It's not enough for me to know the truth that there's a wall at the back of this building. I also have to decide I'm not going to run try to run through that wall at the end of the service. Knowing it is not enough. I also have to de decide, okay, I'm going to live according to God's way. So how do we live according to God's way? Well, in Psalm 119, we learn what it looks like to be someone who has the heart to follow God's way. And if you're a note taker, I've got some, some, some things here for you to take down. The first person, the first characteristic is this. If you want to live your life Three things this morning. If you want to live your life according to God's way, you want to follow God's way, first is this. There has to be a desire to follow God's way. There has to be a desire. It seems so obvious, but it needs to be stated. There has to be desire. And, and if you ever get a chance to read through all of Psalm 119, one thing that you cannot argue is that the, the writer of that psalm had some desire. Listen to just some of the things they wrote. My soul is consumed with longing for your laws at all times. Another place, I open my mouth and pant, longing for your commands. Another place, I, op I obey your statutes for I love them greatly. Now that is some strong desire. I, I, I can't say that most mornings I wake up in the morning and I start to pant just thinking about Longing to get down to my Bible and to read what God's Word says. This is, this is desire, panting, a great love for God's Word. Ask yourself today, do I have a desire to follow God's way? And then also ask yourself the question, scale of 1 to 10, what's the level of that desire? Is it, is it just like barely, barely, barely there? Or is, I mean, this is like 10 out of 10 what we just read here longing, desiring, great love. Where are you at? And I, I, I believe one of the best prayers that you can pray that God loves to answer is if you know that your desire is, is, is at a pretty low point, it's just to pray, God, fill me with more desire. God, make me desire your word more. Fill me with desire. But you gotta have desire. There has to be desire if you're gonna follow God's way. You, you that are teenagers in the room today, it's not enough for you to want to follow God's word because your parents or your grandparents want you to follow God's word. No, if, if, if that's how it is, when you leave home, you're just going to wander off and do your own thing right away. No, you have to desire God's word. You have to desire to want to follow his way. You have to want it yourself. Next we see in, in Psalm 119, the writer not only had a desire, but there's this unwavering commitment to live according to God's way. 
no matter how hard life gets, even in a place of exile. So they're in this place living as a prisoner. They're looking around at just how the things have gone really bad for their people. And still in that place, the writer is determined to live according to God's word. Listen to what they write. Psalm 119.8, they, they say, I will obey your decrees. Another place, I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I have set my heart on your laws. There's this, there's this strong, strong commitment to live according to God's word. You see, the feelings of desire, they actually just, they come and go. They are not always going to be there. There's this ebb and flow. It doesn't matter if it's, if it's your marriage. It doesn't matter if it's your love for football. It doesn't matter if it's the, the instrument that you're, you've been learning, your job, whatever it might be, your desire is going to ebb and it's going to flow. It's going to be so, super strong. Some days you're just going to wake up full of passion and desire and then it's going to you know, wake up the next day and it's, it's, it's not going to be there. And it's in those seasons... That determination and commitment will get you through and keep you on that right path. It'll keep you on that narrow path that, that Jesus talked about. The writer of Psalm 119 is totally committed to following God's way, and yet, and this is so important, at the same time, they're so aware of their own natural tendency to wander off the path. They want to follow God. They have this desire to follow God. They're committed. They're committed. I was wavering determination to follow God's way. And yet, they are super aware of their own tendency to wander off the path. You see, if you're going to live your life according to God's way, it takes desire, it takes commitment, and it also takes a humility that knows how impossible it is without God's help. Did you catch that? It takes a humility that knows how impossible it is without God's help. The moment that you think that you have what it takes to live God's way, or the moment that you start looking around at other people and you go, man, I'm doing a pretty good job, a little pat on the back, I'm doing pretty awesome at following God's way, that is the moment where you're going to stumble and fall in the way. I've seen it happen so, so many times. You'll fail in some way, or it'll just seem too hard to live your life God's way, or you'll lose desire, or you'll have a hard time understanding some truth, you'll get lost, and if you don't have a humble posture, you'll just want to throw in the towel and give up. The better way is to realize that, that without God, you can't do this. You just can't. Without God's help, you'll be like that person who keeps running into the wall over and over and over and over again, even though you know it's going to destroy you, even though you know it's not right, even though you know it's not truth, but you just know, man, my, my sinful nature, my flesh, the world, what, whatever, I, I just, I need God's help so, so bad. And, and listen to what the psalmist writes along these lines. Teach me, Lord, the way of your decrees, that I may follow it to the end. You don't pray that prayer unless you have a humble heart. You don't, I mean, that's, that's kind of like every teacher's dream words to hear from their student, right? Teach me. <laughs> Teach me math. Teach me science that I might learn. Teach me. Teachers would be like jumping out of your seat if you saw it. That's, that's a humility, though. They go on to write, give me understanding so that I may keep your law and obey it with all my heart. Direct me in the path of your commands. That's a humility. 
knowing that they need God's help, knowing they can't do it on their own. They need to have God's help along the, the way because desire isn't enough, commitment isn't enough. They go, okay, with, I, could, I need your help in order to walk according to your truth, Lord. These three things, desire, commitment, humility, will put you on the path to living your life according to God's word, according to God's way. And as you do, and I've been following Jesus now most of my life, and one thing that I've discovered is that as you make your life about God's way, about living your life according to truth, one thing that, that you'll notice is that something will begin to grow inside of you. And that something is a delight in God and a delight in His ways. It, it begins to grow in you as you follow God. Listen to what the writer says about God's truth. They say, how sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. That's delight. They write, your statutes are the joy of my heart. And then get this. This is just crazy. I mean, if you want to know what delight looks like, listen to what they write. The law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. That's delight in God's word. God's truth, his way is better than all the money in the world better than a big fat 401k, better than a thousand gold bars sitting in your safe. They're saying, God, your, your word is my delight. And you know where this life leads of living your life according to God's truth, God's way, God's word? Let me read a little bit more of Psalm 119. This, this is what it leads to. It leads to a life that's lived under the shadow of God's unfailing love. It leads to a life where you don't have to fear the dark because His Word will be a light to your path. It leads to a life where even in your weakness and failure, you can stand strong knowing that His compassion, His mercy is continually resting on you. It leads to a life where your heart and soul are free. It leads to a life where you have an unshakable confidence that comes from being rooted and grounded in the truth. It leads to a life filled with a deep abiding sense of comfort even when things all around you are caving in, are hard, are difficult. It leads to a life where you have the wisdom to make the right decisions. A life where great peace is yours. A life where even in pain and suffering you can carry hope. A life where the face of God is constantly shining down on you. Does anybody want that life? That's the life that you get when you say, okay, I'm going to live my life to God's word. I'm going to live my life according to his way. I'm going to live my life according to the truth. And maybe you're in the room, you're going, I'd love to do that, Rich, but what does that look like even? Man, if only there was somebody who walked this earth in a way that just showed me how to live my life according to God's word. Well, you know there's, there, there is a person his name is Jesus, and there's a reason why John chapter 1 describes him as the Word, because there's two ways that truth is revealed. One way it's revealed is right here, words in this book, and truth is also revealed through Jesus. He is the Word. It's why Jesus, when he walked this earth, he comes along, what does he say? He doesn't say, hey, somewhere out there is truth. Somewhere out there is the way. Keep looking, you're going to find life. No, he comes along, he says what? He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life, Jesus says. 
And if you, if you want to live your life according to the way, according to the truth, it's, it's, it's getting close to Jesus. You know, it is a big mistake to make Christianity all about laws and rules and statutes and commands and, and all this kind of stuff it, where you just need a bunch of willpower in order to do it. That's not what it was ever intended to be. It was intended instead by God to be more like a romance, more like a deep companionship with Jesus, the one who is truth, living and walking and abiding in Him. That's how you live your life, according to truth. It's being in awe of Jesus and, and wrapping your life around Him and who He is. And, and I don't know where you're at in the room this morning. You know, some of you watching online, I don't, I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you're, you're, you're going, man, I'm all in with truth. I know who, I know who Jesus is. And, and I feel like I'm just longing to know him more. I feel like I'm just longing to dive into his word more. Maybe some of you are on that side of things, and maybe there's others that, that are on the exact opposite end. I'm so thankful what, for what Eve said earlier on. We're so glad you're here. This is not a church that's, that's just for those that have gone all in with Jesus. No, this, we hope and we pray that you can be a part of what's happening here and still feel like you belong as you try to search and figure things out and try to, try to get to a place where you, you just know who Jesus is. We, we hope and pray. It's our desire that you just feel a sense of belonging in that place. And, but maybe that's where you're at. You're trying to figure out, okay, what is truth? And you're, you, you, maybe you're getting this tug in your heart and you're feeling like maybe what you're reading in here is true. Maybe what you're sensing in here is true. But wherever, wherever you're at, you know what? God is the way. He's the truth and in the life. And he's for you. He's speaking to you. And he's inviting you to follow him and to know him and to know the life that comes when you, you make your life all about being anchored in his truth, the truth of his, who he is. Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, I just want to God, just declare that you are the way, you're the truth, you're the life. And Father, I, I thank you, Lord, that you don't, God, you don't hide the way from us. God, you don't, you don't send us on a wild goose chase. But Lord, you make it so clear in your word, God, what's truth, what's right, what, what is the way that's going to lead to right living? And Father, I just want to, first of all, God, this morning, I want to pray for the, the person here who is, is in a place where they, have, they, they just have not gone all in with you. They haven't put their faith and trust in you because there's just lots of questions. And God, I pray that, that today, God, would be the day, God, where they, they make that decision to believe. God, even in the middle of all the questions, God, even in the middle of just not having it all figured out, God, I pray that, that Lord, they would, they would hear your voice speaking to them and that, God, that would be enough that they'd go, I'm, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow Jesus. Lord, I pray for the person that's here today that maybe at one time, God, they just had that desire and just that excitement about following you, following your way. But God, somewhere along the way, maybe the world just got too enticing and they just decided to go off following the ways of the world. Maybe, maybe they're in a place, God, where they, they went on with you, but God, they just ran into some pain in life some hardship, and God, that desire to follow your way that, that at one time could be described as longing and hunger and thirst, God, it just went down to a, a just barely a flickering flame. Lord, I pray that this morning 
God, you would come in and that, God, you would cause desire to grow, that you would cause that, that, that longing and that thirst to follow your way and to, God, just to know you. God, cause it to grow inside their hearts. And Father, I pray, Jesus, that, Lord, we would be, God, a, a people, a church, God, that lives according to truth, that lives according to your way. God, even when it gets hard in this, this life, God, even when it gets hard in this world, God, where, where, where truth, God, is, is just said to be relative, it's whatever you want it to be, God, I pray that you would give us the strength, the courage, and the grace, God, to live according to your truth. Help us, I pray. God, we can't do it without you. God, help us, teach us, instruct us. God, help us to live like you. God, I pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.